Michael is telling, Jim Dwight Cree, call Emmy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Dunder Mifflin, people person's paper podcast. Dunder Mifflin, people person's paper podcast. Dunder Mifflin, the people person's paper podcast. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Welcome to the People Person's Paper Podcast. My name is Hilton Price. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Sittler. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good, man. It's been a uh, long, difficult week, but I'm glad that you and I can sit down and discuss one of our favorite things on earth. Yeah, same here. And yeah. and in a new setting as well. It is a new setting. Quite uh, cozy, I must say. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm glad that it, uh, you consider it cozy because it is also my home, which is nice and a lovely home it is sir thank you thank you i've been coming here a lot so you know what i feel at home too yeah yeah so it's very welcoming i think who needs a real studio no no well after several uh months of operating out of a uh, a fine independent studio channel four and a half has downsized a little bit yes and loved it by the way i really did enjoy our time there it was a nice little space but uh it was good we uh also have uh recorded before then and we will continue to record after that uh opinions like a-holes my other show is uh, now based out of the uh, home of my co-host there, Michael Zampino. Very good. Thank you, God. So we are bringing our Dunder Mifflin Scranton antics into my own dining room. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. But to test it out and to see if we can handle the, the change before we uh, bring any more of our friends into our madness, we're just going to go ahead and do this one just you and me today. See, we really are considerate of our guests. Yeah, we want to make sure we're offering them the best possible environment. So I hope they know that. Yeah, so yeah. next guest, whoever you may be, we can't wait to see you. And we care. But, uh, but there's still a lot of office to talk about. Seems to be, yes. So this yes. time we jumped into episode four of season two. The Fire. The Fire. Jump in the Fire. As we track the eventual meteoric rise of one young Ryan Howard. Yeah, just he's just coming up. Uh, it's time for his review. He's a young buck. He yeah. Review. Uh, the, the temp agency that sent him to Dunder Mifflin <laughs> is ready for an analysis of the work he's done. That's right. He doesn't care what Michael thinks of him. It's only the temp agency. And he makes that so very clear. So very clear. His first line, the temp agency wants to know what you think. Yes. And Michael just takes it like nothing happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and not only continues to think that Ryan is seeking this guidance, this this evaluation by this by his mentor, as Michael would like to be seen. Yes. His Yoda, his, his Miyagi. <laughs> Rolled into one, he is. Uh-huh. You know, that's how special this man is, y'all. Yeah. Okay? And I love the opening of this scene and how they just immediately, Howard, yeah. Ryan, slash Ryan, and you see P.J. Novak just jump. Makes me wonder if he knew that was coming beforehand, and it, I, I don't know if he did or not. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely teetering that line of humoring his boss, who he knows he has a male crush on, and trying to figure out if he needs to get the hell out of there immediately. Yeah. yeah. The whole time. Yeah, he, he he still embodies this this feel of this guy who does not want to be there for anything beyond what he has to be there for. Exactly. And you you know, he wishes he could leave and he knows he could do it in two minutes. Yeah. But who knows where he came from before this whole Dunder Mifflin shenanigans began. So oh, I know. maybe this is um the best he could do for now. I mean he is a temp. Yeah. And how did how did he get that status? We'll never know. But it would be interesting, though. And uh, he says not too long into the episode how he's still at that point where he doesn't want to be anything there. He doesn't want to be the crossword guy like Stanley. That's right. You or know. the cat's lady like Angela. Angela. Uh-huh. You know, we get a little more um, development of the minor characters, I would say, in this episode. What's the old... Is, is there a name for the old film philosophy that if you introduce a gun in Act 1, you're supposed to see it fire by Act 3? You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't. There's an old there's an old film writing adage or, or maybe screenwriting, stage writing adage maybe that if you show off a weapon of some sort in the beginning, if you highlight it, by the end of the production, it must be used in the commi- com- committing of an act of some sort. In some way. Yeah. Well, and it, it's the idea that, you know, you're not wasting, you know, you're not wasting people's time by introducing a weapon in the beginning that would never be used. And, exactly. and weapon is, often, is a metaphor, too, in a sense. Ryan does become some kind of weapon, though, we must. Right, yeah, that he does. Uh, to his own <laughs> self-destruction. In Come season ways. four, my God. Yeah. Yes. But in, in, in a way, that line about I don't want to be the guy here mm-hmm. is the gun shown to us in Act 1 that will right. be fired by exactly. Act 3. Yes. Oh, I get you. I get what you're saying. Yes. It really it completely is. Completely will do. Yeah. Because by the end of this episode, he's going to be a guy. And it's going to follow him for a, a while. Forever. Yeah. Until he becomes fired. Fired guy. guy yeah. Down, and the, down the way. Rehired <laughs> guy. Even later than that. <laughs> yeah. They played that one out for. Yeah. 
the duration, I would say. Yeah, it didn't really come up towards the very end, but by that point, the writing changes. Uh, things were just, uh, it was a different show by season nine. Sure, and he was a completely different character. Uh, you've been three or four he different characters <laughs> by that point. <laughs> it really is a tour de force, I would say, for BJ, BJ Novak's uh, range with this character. I feel like uh, at the same time, they weren't sure what to do, so they became fearless in what they did. Yes, they became fearless, and they kind of made him worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And tried to make Jim kind of go the opposite way. Yeah. And because they really kind of were somewhat equal, I would say, at the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. kind of, you know, looking around, realizing their surroundings, and just sort of stuck in them. Yeah. But one went one way, and one went the other. And and there was that little bit of animosity that was built up between them, too, as, as Ryan really sort of saw, saw Jim as someone he needed to get rid of. Yes, you know, yes, to consolidate his power. Exactly. Yes. And it's funny how that uh, does pay off in the end. It kind of mirrors um, uh, Pam and Jim's uh, little passive-aggressive conversation with Katie calling in at the beginning. Yep, yeah. And, and then her, uh, and then Katie showing up at the end, mm-hmm. And Pam, as we'll talk about, kind of getting the upper hand at the very end. Oh, because because Katie recites yes. the same bad movies exactly that we endured through Angela that yes. we laughed at Pam for yes. when she admitted yeah. liking Jim. The, Jim said it was unforgivable. Exactly, and that's why she took it back. You know, you know, maybe in the end that's what really did. That's what broke the camel's back for Jim and yeah. Katie when he was on that uh, on that crew on that booze cruise. He just like. Legally blonde, I can't do it. Legally blonde, and and the cheerleading, and, and the cheerleading, uh, yeah, uh, and 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 um. Well, it just went to show that they were really not the right the characters lo- for each other. The lo- the ever uh, everlasting love he has for his receptionist. Yeah, exactly. That too. That's uh, <laughs> that's, you know how it is when he, when he finds that receptionist and falls in love with her. Well, somewhere Ronnie better watch out. <laughs> I uh, but no, and, and and I like that too. That's that's almost another the idea of like a story that sort of grows throughout the episode is is, is Pam feeling threatened by the inclusion of Katie, and then mm. by the end of the episode, just not caring anymore, realizing she's not a true threat. Exactly. And then and then and then showing it off when she jumps on Roy towards the end of the episode, yeah, she just jumps right on him. Reminds you that you know she still has her man. She can turn to that if she wants, if she needs comfort, or to know that she's valued. It's almost at that point, I think. It, it, that's what uh, she gets off on most, <laughs> off on most with her, because uh, she's clearly not happy with Roy at all. But she has used him on a couple of it's occasions totally, to sort of yeah, she has show that she's in a relationship. Maybe that's, Jim should be jealous. That's right. Well, you know, misery loves company, right? Yeah. And uh, he certainly, you know, so that's why she just couldn't hold herself her uh, her laughter in when she heard the words "legally blonde" come out of Katie's uh-huh. mouth, because you know, Jim really kind of gets shit on in the end and well, not shit on but he ends up with shit in his face yeah. as he's le- turning to leave with Katie and sees you know Pam and Roy exactly embracing and just oh god mm. he knows he's oh, got yeah. it, he's got it bad oh of course <laughs> but uh and and rightfully so and, and of course it's building that suspense for us the audience cuz we're right. we're already getting caught in this will they won't they that yeah, that's right trying to prolong and this was meant to be episode one of the season. It was, and and it definitely it definitely feels that way. You yeah. can total. I can feel the tone difference, even just a couple of. I don't know how far apart. They There's a filmed. few shots where they just show the op- audi- office working. Yes, you know. Yes, and I don't know how long, how far apart they 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 film this episode and and um, Office Olympics. Yeah, but you can really tell. I think in Dwight's character. Mm-hmm. He seems like an earlier version of Dwight. Yeah, with his interaction with Michael, his over, you know, his competition with Ryan. I think it was it was supposed to go before the Dundies because at the Dundies, if you'll remember, at the very end, Dwight kind of after Michael compliments him, he kind of looks gives us Ryan a little a little look like ha, 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 I'm still the top. I'm, dog. I'm still top dog. Yeah, and I think that was sort of the payoff that went in reverse. Yeah. after this, it kind of set up that whole paranoia and and I mean it didn't. Yeah. It was done well enough. Like the the thing is, the amount of uh, the office that shot extensively beyond what we see is is quite a bit, from what it I've is. heard from behind the scenes talk. It is, and only certain parts make it to the final episode, of course. Mm-hmm. But with very few exceptions, they did a great job. So props to their editing team of keeping it to where you never felt like anything was out of place, mm-hmm. and nothing ever didn't make sense. You may have had to have a bit of a an, an assumption on your part. Like in the Dundies, Ryan's crush on, on or Michael's crush on Ryan right. seems a little bit more 
pregnant. S- surprising. That would have yes, it does because it does we didn't seem, have the buildup from this episode. You're right. You're right. It seems a little more out of the blue. But we do still get it because it still seems in line with the character that Michael Scott as we as we've learned him. And he was already enamored with Ryan in a, in a way from season one. So you yeah. know, it's not too hard to think that he would do something like that. Yeah. I think it would have just paid off better. I don't know. Maybe it would have or it, wouldn't have if they had put the fire first yeah. in the episode. And then because this one we've got really I mean, Michael's fallen in love with him in the back of that car. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, yeah, love triangles. Yeah. We have our own love triangle going on between Ryan, Dwight and uh, Michael, well, at least in Michael's head. You mean Dwight's the Lone head. Ranger, the, Tonto and Bonto. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Bonto. And and Dwight is pushing back against that as fast as possible. Oh. So that's another thing that would have been good as, as, as episode one of season two was the idea that Dwight is already building up this animosity yes. towards Ryan. Yes. Yeah, he really is. He's very he's very frantic even at the suggestion when they go down at when the fire after the fire begins and he goes down and he won't even let Ryan in before him in the in the numbering system. Oh, the panic when the Ryan panic. tries to take no, two. No. Yeah. It's just like he's going to have a heart attack or a stroke. But it, it's not I mean, I guess it doesn't seem that weird because think about the idea that like uh, Michael's first response to you know Ryan needs a number for the buddy system and or whatever it is and Michael immediately says well well one's taken oh, L- like he he also is just caught up in this sort of seamless seemingly meaningless nonsense oh, numbering of course he is be thirty two it wouldn't matter he you doesn't know? care yeah. I know only well only. Only things like that manner, uh, but mean anything to somebody like Dwight. Well, my, well, Michael yeah. claimed one. I mean, he, oh, you know, he, it's yeah, like, it's like he, he was ready to play along, and, and, and he, they, they, they're both sort of children at heart. Oh, completely. You know? Yeah, and Dwight needs that companionship, mm-hmm. and he wants that love from Michael. Yeah. You know, even if he didn't, or, uh, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the other through line, the jealousy, the tri- triangle between who's you know michael's school of business which doesn't really exist except only in his mind Mm -hmm. and then dwight trying to back him up and then ultimately feeling betrayed by michael or horrible and seeing dwight like that is really one of the best parts of this oh yeah culminating this episode culminating with him in his car listening to everybody hurts oh god and that scene with jim and pam (laughs) yes and and jim with the excitement on his face you should quit (laughs) (laughs) and 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 you'll notice as soon as he said you know what you should do quit and then he crosses his fingers yeah <laughs> right there for us and, and pam's laughing along and, and but then dwight comes back with such a perfect answer no then ryan will win, win. yes because it's all strategy from that young man yeah and and it's it's such a strange i don't even want to call it a tender moment it almost it is. almost it's almost the first sort of like okay we're still friends we're beyond still all friends. the pranks. You know, they've they've been together a while. Like, yeah. you know, they don't. There's not because in the first episodes, you could think like these people. You know, they're trying to throw paper clips into his cup uh-huh. at one point, and but it turns out there is a little bit of little yeah. bit of tenderness there, just a little. I, I yeah. don't. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But it's such a funny little moment, and then does they just walk off? Yeah, and, and I, but that's the thing, though. I mean, like with coworkers, after several years, you you develop sort of a kinship with them. Oh, sure. Sometimes, sometimes it's quite close. Sometimes, well, you go through so much together that mm-hmm. you know, and you know from the later on the picture of uh, young Jim, young Dwight, which future Jim, which is you could tell young Jim so much to yeah them. The, you know yeah. it's like wow they do look freaking young they've been there for a while so it exactly. sort of puts that in the perspective yeah um yeah but i uh and and you know of course uh but before we even get to that i mean th- th- there's just so much that happens here this is there a very is. singularly focused episode it's very small and simple yeah kind of it, I mean, I, but they cram a lot into it just in terms of the character development and and, and the moments that we have with each character to, to yeah. for them to defend themselves Ryan, or excuse me, Ryan, Michael running out of Dunder Mifflin when the fire alarm goes off. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and that security camera footage catching him just, just almost so like good. a like a as fast as he can. It's it's one of the funniest things you'll see when you first watch this through. I think. Yeah. Him just out of nowhere, like pushing Jim out of the way uh-huh. and just taking off, which is what he would do. We yeah. all know that. And 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 the awesome just cut like I can think of them thinking like this make sure you get him on the security camera in black and white uh-huh. and it just works so yeah. well and then his explaining it away at the bottom well, uh, when he and, gets down and right before that there's that shot of him he's outside hands in his pockets kicking rocks <laughs> because he's gotten out there so fast that there's nothing <laughs> yeah. to worry about yeah. and then everybody else comes out mm-hmm. yes and but you know women and children you yeah. know that that that's only a business hazard for him. They don't employ as, children. That's right. And women are equal exactly. in the workplace by law. So 
not yeah. just his opinion. Oh, if he fi- if he lets them go first, he could have a lawsuit on his hands. Hey, you know what? He's been. You never know. I it's guess. good sense. This is why he's <laughs> regional manager. Pretty much. This is this is why we do. But it's talking speaking about that when he. I just love the progression that Michael goes from um, being such a smug, trying to be such a smug know-it-all to Ryan at the beginning, and yeah. by the end he's just a puddle of uncertainty and depression, and going through his 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 origins himself and how he became manager. Oh yeah. And and oh god. Like that moment in the backseat of the car is one of like the most subtle uh, moments in the show that just establishing the relationship between characters and, and with themselves. Yes. I mean, Michael's about to break down and Ryan is just like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> what is he? He, says, he says, I'm uncomfortable He's right like, now. Want to get some air? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. He's like, I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny to see him tortured that way. And yeah. it's even funnier after you see what kind of a jackass he is eventually, even oh, seeing him poor. But this is kind of my favorite iteration of Ryan, I think. Yeah. From his character by far. I really like uh, Vice President Ryan a lot. That's good, too. Yeah, that's sort of, that's close. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. God, but that's tough. After but the, that, he was a little lost. No, he was lost. He kind of became the hipster. and Yeah. Although some some of the Wolf.com era, I, I, I did really enjoy. Yeah. One of my favorite lines of Ryan's from ever is from, I think, the season six or seven finale. Uh, I think it's seven. And uh, Ryan goes, uh, there, he goes, oh, no, Stanley, you're going to live forever. <laughs> when Stanley's talking about how he'll die before they choose a, a manager or whatever. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, his meteoric rise and complete crash afterwards. He really did go to the Michael Scott School of Business. Really. Yeah. You're it absolutely re- right. It really served its purpose by the end of it. He learned all five of the rules. All five of the rules, all ten of them, whatever. And and the way they kind of play that out throughout the day is a it kind of works. It kind of after the fire happens, it splits off into like a a two place play. Yeah. One on the end that kind of crisscrosses a little bit. Yeah, because you've got Jim and the crowd yes. of people playing games. Yes. And then you've got Michael and Ryan. And what's with Jim? Like just out of spur of the moment, coming up with. These games, you know, it's very, um, it's very Office Olympics like. Yeah, once he again, becomes the organizer again. Yeah, and it almost is out of character, it seems, in a way, because he's just so he, aloof. Unin- aloof and unengaged. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but Pam also says in one episode, I, I can't tell you. Oh yeah, when. it was Office Olympics. I know where you're going to go with that. Okay, yeah, where, you where, know, whenever he gets an idea and he has fun, he gets, takes charge. You're right, but he you're works right. here, so yeah. that doesn't happen. Or exactly. Like that. So I was wrong about that. yeah. So there's sort of that dichotomy. So of, they're trying to build that as, as his character at this point. You know. Yeah, they are, and it really, I think it. Kind of goes by the wayside after a while yeah and he doesn't i think he doesn't he's not that much of a group leader no and then by the time we get to season six they try to establish him as almost a failed group leader yes because every time he tries to take charge and do a managerial thing or or, or the stuff like with the uh the employee of the month of that the one month. year like they yeah they really just don't go well they kind of buffoon him up a little bit they really do and i i had a bit of a hard time with that i did too it was hard to see that I know, and I know it's more realistic, but I really enjoyed the sort of um, unstoppable prankster Jim, who would always get the you know, the roadrunner yeah. to the wily e. coyote, right, you know? right, and kind of be the and the guy with the smirk in the back, who yeah. just you know was one step ahead of everybody. And I know that's not for real forever, but no, I liked it. I liked him as a character. I did too, but I mean. Dwight's diabolical plan was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty great. And that was one of my favorite, I think, late. That was probably my fate, favorite late Ryan thing where he tries to do, team up with Dwight. Uh-huh. Those two could actually be pretty funny together. I don't feel they went as deep into it as they should have. But uh, but it was definitely something that when it was touched on, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I like that... Uh, they were a good match of wits. Especially because in the end, Ryan would always still seem annoyed and bothered by Dwight. Yes, always. You well, know. They're, you know, they come from... You know, two different sides of the tracks, those two. So it's radically different <laughs> schools of thought for how to take over the world. Beat farm versus urban. Like like not like not even pinky in the brain. It's like a brain and a different sort of also a dick kind of brain. <laughs> From another dimension. Yeah, right. Yes, I, I, I don't know. But the Rick and Morty versions of the brain or something with yeah. multiple versions. It's something in there like that. Yeah. But it it's sort of um, Jim taking over, giving everybody the... Uh, Saying the games they're going to play. Well, you know, who yeah. did you do? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and Desert Island. Desert Island and the uh, game that they didn't end up playing or at least didn't film. Would you rather? Would you rather? How and does that work? Uh, I, I think that's the kind of thing like, would you rather sleep in a bed of snakes or would you right. rather spend all day in a cage with mice? Or oh, okay. I don't know why I chose vermin as, as the thing. but 
if it's on your mind. Try so. to think of something un- unpleasant. Unpleasant. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Although cage with mice, mice are nice. They are. That nice. could actually be sweet. You could play. They're not rats. They're not rats. Rats are nice too, though. Actually, pet rats. They're pets. A thing oh. people like. Are they nicer than mice? I. You know, I've never had one of each and tried <laughs> to, to interact with both. I had hamsters growing up. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. We were suburbanites. They were nice. They, yeah, were, they were, nice. were nice. They were cuddly. You know. You know. They they poop everywhere, but that's all good. You'd lose them. You'd have to turn over your whole room trying to find them. Yeah, but you loved them anyway, and they loved you. Yeah. Yeah. If you had, if you had a cat, they might have died. <laughs> so. This is true. This yeah. is true. But like within. Um, these the games that they do play, you do get a little further sense about the uh, the quirkiness of our surrounding characters. Yeah, you know why? As we get to learn, uh, Angela's Desert Island books, for instance, the Bible, the Bible, uh, a purse, purpose driven life. You got that? And number three? Uh, no, <laughs> that which is just such a great line. Just that, that's her. That she finds her tempo right there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean that that, that kind of becomes her, and then she does it again when Phyllis. Uh, suggests the Da Vinci Code, and she goes, the yeah. Da Vinci Code. I would bring the Vin- Da Vinci Code, and then I would burn the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, exactly. And that's so classic, An- I think what would become, I think, classic Angela. Yeah. I don't know if it's been like so, I think she's on fire in this episode, that's what I'm really trying to say. No, you're right. And and I mean that, and then the, the scene when the fire alarm goes off, and her and Dwight are like fighting for power. Taking, taking charge, Each those of two. Them trying to be the safety coordinator, or whatever oh the title God. was. Yeah, safety, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Whatever it was, and then everybody's mostly indifference to it. Oh yeah, they're and all moving at their own pace. Moving, yeah, and and Phyllis's little line. What was it? Um, uh, you always say that. Yeah, this is not a drill. She says you say that every time. <laughs> Do you want to die? Yeah. <laughs> this is a paper company, people. <laughs> He'll go up in flames. I love that. This is his own crazy Mel Gibson. I think that's what I was kind of picturing. Yeah. But there, um, yeah, we see Dwight's little early, you know, his his uh, karate uh-huh. moves as he grabs the fire extinguisher and uh, oh and he, he 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 reaches in time to get a modernly dressed kelly kapoor yep yeah not quite the kelly we know yet no. obviously if this was first episode it, of the it's season sort of she's coming out of her um puritanical uh period yeah. and she's kind of morphing into what she would become does she become full kelly this season yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I can't quite remember. I can't really. You know, I to don't know me, if she's. I think it's always right around the one where she's asking about going out with Ryan. Wait, is Diwali? Is Diwali this? Um, no, Diwali's next. Season, is that next season? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. Well, yeah, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Apparently, we haven't watched this show enough. Sorry, y'all. That's the hard to believe. I yeah. thought. You, I know I y'all just, have faith in us, but I think it just all runs together. Is <laughs> more the issue. They really do. It just becomes like memories, your own memories over the years, yeah. and because seasons two and three definitely, I feel like go together a lot. They uh, do. Obviously, uh, Karen and Andy and 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 um, the the Stanford crew. Yeah, that all stands out. Establishing but, more characters that would yeah. become classic characters. But what our characters do still. I feel like they all blend. Like I can't they always do. remember which Dwight pranks are in which season. Right, exactly. So right now we're in the, like the classic um, uh, yeah. crew. Actually, there, there's an episode where Michael talks about like the original, or no, Pam is talking about Michael. Yeah, referencing the original crew or the OG or something, and she like lists everybody off. It was everybody before Pam, or sorry, before Andy and. Um, Karen. Okay. And other people. It's kind of funny. But yes. Well, I, oh, speaking of referencing people, uh, we we hear a, a person's name, Marjorie. We do hear a person's name, yes. And who I was not there that day. And right in that same scene in the background, I noticed you can see Devin. It is Devin so looking with his Terminator glasses uh-huh, on. Yeah. <laughs> it almost. It's hard to get a, a picture on the guy or get a. Get a Get a grip on the guy, because like, is that him? Yeah, that's got to be him, because yeah. it was always the guy in the background. I was kind of wondered what his, like, did he know it was coming? Like, he was such a background character, because he really hardly ever did it. He didn't do anything up until Halloween. That's true, yeah. Did he know it was going to happen? I, I guess they had to fire somebody, so they... And I wonder, you know, how early in the season uh, Halloween was filmed. Like, when when was Halloween always going to be episode five or six or whatever it is? Yeah, really. So that's uh, an interesting question. It is an interesting question, and, and well, we'll find all about... Oh, that'll be next week, won't it? Yeah. I do believe. Is that next week? It is. I uh, think it is. Right. I love that episode. Yeah, that's a great one, too. Yes, so. one of my faves. But uh, but oh yeah, good. So uh, and yeah. oh, and then I know we've got a, a couple. We got some really good ones coming up. Oh, we re- oh, so. certainly, yeah. And hopefully Valentine's Day isn't too far away. Uh, oh, see, Valentine's Day is the one I was talking about. That's the one where we get real Kelly. That is the one. Yes, definitely. She may pop yeah. up before then, but we'll have to see. Yes. So so all along we've been learning the rules of business. Business. I, uh, uh, yeah, we heard. Um, 
we, we we find a little bit more about Meredith and 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 her books that she, her movies that she would like. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and in between, Jim with the classic line, I thought people read more books. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, when he has to switch off to movies. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, uh, and and Meredith's little ghost. You know, because every you know everyone that you know loves that scene. Yeah, that that one scene. That one scene. You know, and then she mimes it out and perfectly. And seeing Meredith gyrating with her eyes closed. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah. And then and then the great little um one two punch of uh Kevin and Oscar under the who would you do? Yeah. We all know who they would do and they really throw us off the scent of the trail here as far as Oscar's concerned. Yeah, cuz he just immediately goes with Pam. Pam. Know? And I know and I know he was being discreet in those early seasons. They've established that. It, 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 very discreet. And then I love how later uh later on Pam will say Oscar when she's asked who who she would do when she doesn't of course want to say Jim. Ooh, Oscar. Which everybody immediately jumps to. Jim, I would do Jim, I'd do Jim, but they <laughs> they really congrats John Krasinski, you're a good-looking man. Apparently you you are the flavor of the year. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I I I love I love Pam thinking of oh Toby and yeah. then you get to see Phyllis's face with you know she starts shaking her head like eh. and then you see a classic Meredith and now classic Meredith moment where she just kind of smiles very creepily and nods her head so apparently she she would do Toby but apparently she would do everybody yeah given the chance <laughs> yeah they're making her more loose by the episode oh I know yeah, yeah. they're they're slowly building them all out really so, yeah and that's you know it's it's gonna happen in every episode thankfully but it is it is nice to remember it well and there it's just nice that they're already I mean in a show that has really established that you're Jim Pam uh, Dwight, Michael, Ryan are your leads. Yes. They the fact that they made such an effort to include the rest of this cast, and there's no throwaways. I mean, as much as you know, we, we don't really learn about Devin. He's going to be gone in two episodes. Marjorie's barely referenced. Yep. If there's any other other people in that that office still filming at this point, right? They're definitely not using them. And they're yeah, they're they're definitely. I think gone. I think. I think Devin might be the last of the re- actual of the uh, regulars to leave. Yeah, I think after that, it's pretty much the you don't see any peripheral. I, don't think so. I mean, I'm looking real hard extra. to watch through, of course. No, and and I think he's still the only one in this episode too. I think even so by think, this one, uh, yeah, it might even be that's episode. And that was again we we're talking about the first filmed episode, first of the filmed season. episode of the season. So yeah, uh, written by B.J. Novak, obviously. Okay. That's yes, good. Yes. You Who, know, you know who's been a consistent writer at this point. Yes, he had. He's already and, establishing himself as a big part of the crew. Oh yeah. Classic. You know, whenever and it and and he does he does well, I believe, and uh he would eventually do well in other episodes. Yeah. And uh we're having a good time and doing well analyzing these episodes and we're glad you're joining us. But we Just are gonna the two take, of us. We are gonna take a quick break, make sure that we can pay some bills and uh share a word with you from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Thompson Cigar Company. Whether you're new to the hobby of cigars or a longtime aficionado, Thompson Cigar Company has a solution to all of your smoke needs. Since the day they were founded in 1915, making them the oldest mail-order cigar company in the country, they've always been devoted to delivering a massive selection of products covering all price ranges and tastes at a fraction of what a comparable brand would cost. To ensure that your cigars are always fresh and full of flavor, Thompson Cigar Company operates out of the largest inventory humidor in the United States. They also have over 200 trained professionals on hand and ready to provide personalized customer service and can answer any question you could ever have about cigars. Plus, because you listen to our podcasts here at Channel 4.5, we have an exclusive offer that will save you money. Click a link in the description of our show to receive one of three offers. One, purchase any cigars in their special cigar collection and your entire order ships free. Two, receive free shipping on any order over $99. Or, number three, save up to 73% when you purchase a five-pack of Fever Cigars. Shop Thompson Cigar to save money and support this show. Welcome back to the People vs. Paper podcast. My name is Hilton Price. With me, as always, is Brian Sittler. And it's good to be back. Back. I wonder I wonder what wonderful product the listeners got to learn about. I don't know. I wonder if it was either A, Two Planet Productions. Could have been. Or the fine Thompson Cigar Company. Could have been that one, too. Because those are our sponsors right now. Gotta love them. And uh, it's, it's been a fun challenge deciding which one we'll play before the episode and which one we'll play yeah. in the middle. 
Well, either way, I hope that everybody enjoyed the both. Yeah. And takes heed to their information. Yeah, yeah. If you need some photos or video done, Two Plants, amazing. And if you're a cigar lover, uh, Thompson's going to get you taken care of. So. We take care of you here at the Quad P. Yeah. Quad P. Oh, man. That's yeah. a game changer, Brian. Oh, yeah. Oh, hadn't we already said that? Quad P? Quad P. I was doing P4. Oh, yeah. No, Quad P. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> We're not going to have to rename it. Here on Quad P. <laughs> Sounds that that sounds like either a really cool shorthand or a, a possible like like uh, like bladder disease. <laughs> We're got, sorry, Mr. Johnson. You've got quad P. No. Oh man. But uh, no. you know, oh, it's even, a serious serious time. At least you don't have a fire at the office. We should, uh, you know what? I think I think it's about time because uh, and we had a clue where it was coming from when Dwight had the fire extinguisher and he, he grabbed Kelly. Yes. Cuz there was all that smoke in the kitchen. We do. And and leading up to that part actually, there is a few moments of dead silence because they're sort of showing people getting situated or doing whatever. You see Ryan unwrapping something. Mm-hmm. You can hear it and you see him throw something into the microwave oven, whatever it might be. There's the gun. There's the gun there's they show the us gun. fires. There's the there's his gun. He didn't want to be anything. Fuck you, man. You're going to be something. Right. <laughs> and it's going to be all your fault. Yeah. You know, so what? But outside, uh, Jim's got them playing games to kill time. And That's finally, right. Roy shows up. And I like how Roy shows up. I do, too. Where he's, like, been ostracized from his fellow... I do. ...warehouse they, workers. I guess. I they, they show one shot of the warehouse. Yeah. And they're all, like, looks like they're drinking beers to me. Okay. They're drinking something in bottles. Okay. And they're all just throwing them on the ground. <laughs> just, like... Screwing around. And what does Roy say? That those like, warehouse guys can be jerks? Or? Jackasses sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I, I, I'm not even sure because it's, it's shot wonderfully because he comes right in between Pam and Jim as he always does. Yep. And in the shot. And, and I don't, I don't know where he, quite where he's coming from. I wonder if that's an outtake, honestly. It would have been fascinating to see him get ostracized from. Or maybe, what they did. Maybe yeah. they were just doing something stupid and he. Was it just boy talk it or just boy guy talk? You maybe know? so. Maybe he was trying to impress Pam. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to say, hey. Oh, you yeah. Know, he maybe. just wanted to squeeze in. Yeah, he went to say, and at the same time, keep an eye on uh, Jimbo. Exactly. Jim but bag. Now, but have we had Roy already got aggressive with Jim last oh, season? Oh, yeah, several times. And now, so Roy's really friendly again with Jim. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, especially if this was supposed to be the tech, quote, unquote, first episode of the season. It's not that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Although, I guess it's been a couple months, as like Ryan's, as, as Michael says in Ryan's uh, opening inter- interview. That's true. Uh, so we know since yeah, episode review. one. It's been a couple few months. months so it's been a couple months, but it seems like things are on good terms. And, yeah. you know, Jim washed his, you know, washed his ass and didn't. Piss Roy off anymore? Yeah, didn't didn't wasn't putting the moves on. Wasn't trying to cop a feel. Yeah, Roy's Roy's at his most jovial and um, kind of it seems like in this in this episode, yeah. you know, like uh, as he's sort of mocking, kind of mocking everybody, kind of in a funny way. Oh, when he just says, when, "You're all you're gay,", gay. <laughs> and, and he's just and, and it's just he's so literally charmed by it. He it, is. It's almost and I, I you know obviously I can't speak for everyone, but it's it's almost not even an offensive use because you can tell he's almost childlike. He is charmed by it. He is so. a big kid. You know, he's so a big he's, boisterous kid. His stupidity, his bigotry, or whatever, is just yeah. sort of hided by the fact that he's almost innocently stupid. Innocent, just like Michael is. Yeah, right. Innocently, which, in his own way. Yeah, Even which, though Roy thinks he's a jackass, but in the same way, I yeah. don't know. Which is no, of, co- of course, in the real world is no excuse. But for our characters, sure. <laughs> and especially when this came out, uh, we're talking. This one was October twenty two thousand five. I see. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, this was still a time when 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 we were sort of pushing. Uh, the use of language, the use of stereotype as a way to, to highlight who the people who needed to work on themselves were, you know, yes. the Michael Scott's of the world. Yes. You know? And it was portrayed. Yeah. The, 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 the less, you know, endearing characters had to be portrayed in such a way. Yeah. To make them, you know, somewhat either, you know, to serve the purpose so that the audience knows what the director and the show are trying to convey, you yeah. know, that it's not in a positive way. It's yeah. funny. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not like they're allowed. That's why the, and when the camera moves and you see somebody's That's uncomfortable see those reactions. face. Yeah. Like uh-huh. prime example in this episode is when Michael comes over to see what everybody's been doing and says, Oh, what game is this? And he's who, like, would, who you would you do? do? He's like, Oh, I, I love to play that. I, I do it at night. I do it at night about, about uh, you know. I do it every night <laughs> when I'm falling, every, asleep. falling asleep. And then they immediately pan to, it's Phyllis and Kelly. And they both just have this inquisitive, like, disturbed look on their yeah, face. Yeah, like, oh, what is he thinking right. about? So without any words, they completely convey that that's fucked up. Yeah. 
is so well done. <laughs> I know. I was talking to a friend actually about. Um, he heard something on the radio saying that if they try to film The Office today in today's climate, yeah. apparently of PC, oh yeah, um, that they wouldn't be able to do it. Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, you do? Okay. And, and and I'm fine with it only because like telling people that they need to be a little bit better and, and try a little harder for a laugh on stage is never something I'm going to complain about. Mm. But I definitely see how right now we we exist in a culture where. Certain things can't really be dived into, even if there's an end game that you think is of value. Right. Uh, people right now just don't want to hear it. I guess so. It's you just that that's the climate of uh, culture. Yeah, which, and I don't think it will be that way forever. I, I don't think, think so either. It goes in cycles. Yeah, and I think there'll always be venues where you can get away with that. Because, there is. You know, you, you look deep enough on the internet, you can find any kind of stupid entertainment. You can, you but not on network television. No, no, no. no. But yeah, but we. Yeah. I don't think you could have a Michael Scott character right now with him being too hated to be loved too hated to be loved he definitely couldn't be season one michael yeah he would have to be like season seven yeah exactly yeah, yeah. really and then that when he's but even i mean i gotta tell you one thing that you I know love it never really show, goes away completely no they really i mean there's a couple of the the, the, the christmas episode where he's dressing up like uh like uh yeah the, yeah oh yeah, jesus yeah, no, no, Jesus, and then uh, oh, oh, oh. Daryl. What's the one where he dresses up oh, like Daryl? Oh, oh, was it MacGruber or uh, no? Oh, oh no, no, he's the warehouse. Yeah, he dresses up as Daryl. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And now. It's a, yeah, he just yeah. they never they never shied away from going too far. They really didn't, did which they? Was good. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we kind of got off on that. Where were we at? Oh, well, talking about Roy and Roy oh, yeah. joining in. Roy, and, yeah, uh, he would do Angela. He would do Angela, and I love the yeah. way that he's he pivots on that with the who's the stuck up christian chick my name is angela oh hi angela yeah yeah, he really hams it up right there i'm roy good to meet you yeah that's why that's why that's why uh, pam gave him such a nice kiss at the end right he performed nicely yeah (laughs) it's just so funny like the way the the way that he uh he reacts to that it is and uh it is but then uh we also have you know the ever um uh, the Michael the Michael Ryan situation is still going on. Yeah, of course. And the uh, Michael and Ryan and Dwight, we've we've still had Dwight trying to cut in the whole time. Yeah. Until he finally gets so fed up and he goes and, and hides in his car and we get our right. everybody hurts. Moments. Yeah. And and it's sort of that's where it does feel like an earlier episode to me because of after Office Olympics and how kind of seems like Dwight and Michael sort of operate more on the same plane. Yeah. In a way, and not, not Dwight's not so far beneath him. Yeah. That, Although that's we'll, we'll have that challenge in, in an episode or two when we get to the fight. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But uh, Dwight really tries to prove himself to Michael yeah. when Michael believes he's lost his phone. Oh, that's right. So we have Dwight running in without uh, without yeah. any sort would that, of provocation. Would that make you happy? Yeah. And then he doesn't even think about it. And then uh, uh, Michael immediately starts yeah. calling him an idiot. <laughs> to which Kevin <laughs> is, is like, what if that's the last thing you ever say to him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I, I didn't say it to him. Uh, I, said I said it about, about him. him. <laughs> And then, of course, from there, we've got yeah. the scene with with Michael and Ryan and Ryan says, um, yeah, or, what's your, what's your name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael suggests him call call his cell phone so that it'll be easier for Dwight to find it. And he's, he's like, you got to give me your number again. I just gave it to you in the car. Oh, oh you did. I saw yeah. you program it in. <laughs> and BJ Novak does that. Well, actually, it, it, you can kind of tell they're about to crack up just uh-huh. a little bit, I think. And um, but he totally he's like, you're gonna have to give me your number. <laughs> and then when Michael finally just grabs his phone and types it in. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, that was kind of an underrated part in my mind. I haven't really laughed out loud when I've seen him do that. Yeah. But he does. And he just kind of has a stern look on his face. It's going to plays it off staring nicely. at him. Just staring. He's like, now you got it. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Lou Bega can be proud because Michael's ringtone is, of course. We've established that is really his ringtone because we'll hear that again in, is it um, uh, women's, uh, women's, uh, what's the one where he takes everyone to the mall? Oh, oh gosh. <sighs> Oh man, it's not the season. I forget. Uh, I can't. I can't I believe can I can't remember the name of that. Yeah. yeah, he takes them to the mall. and takes them underwear shopping. Yeah, Pam fixes a tire. And he plays the Lube, the Lubega goes off in the car. Oh, and that and it was the same one. And uh-huh. let's see, what was that? That was season three. Kelly dances yeah. to it. Women's appreciation. Women's appreciation. Yes. Yes. It was just, you know, he he was a purist. He kept to his uh mm-hmm. he kept to his um convictions about Lou Bega. Yeah, which was good for him. <laughs> good, good for, for him. him and Lou Bega. He he's really a product of, you know, late nineties, early two thousands fun. Yeah. <laughs> and kitsch. 
And this whole show, even in the early seasons, man, they really do. They they were embedded in the pop culture of the time. They were, and I I, I like that about this episode where they were able to name off their movie, their favorite movies, mm-hmm. and of course Pam kind of names off all the classic ones that you would like a girl like that to like. Yeah, M- maybe save Legally Blonde, but oh yeah, that yeah. wasn't Fargo, Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands, Days of Confused, Confused. Breakfast yes. Club, Breakfast Club, and and wait. What and was there? Yeah, there I was a fifth there one. A, we can't remember. And then she tries to do her all-time favorite. And Jim he never lets her, her get it. Never lets. It. You know, he's kind of. They they kind of have an interesting back and forth. Those two. Yeah, it's sort of their most. Um, I mean, they work together and they have fun screwing with Dwight. Well, and, they, and then doing the games too. But they're kind of at each other. And especially for as much as we get Jim with other characters, Jim and Phyllis, Jim and Angela, Jim and Stanley. I love that bit. Uh, oh, take yeah. over for me, Stanley, and Stanley just I, I, steps in. Uh, and, and and that was sort of a, I think, you know, Stanley would, knowing what we know about Stanley, he would never do That's that. That's not someone who place. you choose anymore. Yeah. No, it is not. But that, at that point, you don't know that. So it's interesting yeah. to see. Well, and he's still the same Stanley who was standing up in the conference room. He is. Only, that's four episodes ago it, at this point. It was. You know? That's right. At least when they filmed. Yeah. And, and it's only se- seven or eight from when we are now anyway. He definitely had a way different demeanor at the beginning. Yeah. You know, he definitely slows down and gets more grumpy uh-huh. as, the day, as the days and months and years go on. Yeah. But at this point, he's still sort of like almost happy-go-lucky. And knowing the real actor, you can kind of see him. Oh, yeah, because he is he's, a, an he's upbeat. He's completely different. Totally different, yeah. yeah. Which makes the character even more brilliant. Uh-huh. Him so. and Kevin are two of the, the best when it comes to being just oh. so radically different. Oh, yeah. So. yeah poor Kevin. Yeah. No one would do him. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. That, that pan... <laughs> After they, they every they've mentioned every other guy in the office. Yeah, and 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 I I finally noticed on the my what is this my fifteen twentieth viewing of this that they yeah. they focus in on Michael. Who else do we do? And Michael like they go right into Michael because he's like, how long does it take to get a cell phone or something? And, uh-huh. and they're like, and then they just kind of start thinking again. <laughs> and nope. then you see Ken like, who else could we? And then Kevin, oh, poor Kevin. Man, yeah, but definitely the guy's not being chosen. Not really, except for Stacy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. I think he's still in that. He's still in that because we haven't got to take your wa- daughter to a work day. No, that's when he brings Stacy's daughter. Uh, yes, and I'm guessing the kid must have found something on his computer because I don't think he's dating Stacy long after that. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but we have we um we even we we sort of discussed the uh, the namesake of this show. Yeah. Um, well, somewhat. oh yeah, because when Dwight gets back downstairs, yes. now now we see the cheese pita. I know, and he's ready to claim victory. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't have to go to business school. So giddy. Oh, and and Michael repeating that joke. Yes. Which is one of my favorite things, uh, and it's one of I my guess. favorite things. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. When you when you listen to podcasts, is I sometimes you'll sometimes notice that people will back and forth, and they'll say very similar versions of the same thing. Really? Yeah, because we're all trying to share our thoughts on whatever we're talking about. Right. So, <laughs> but it was Dwight's like, I guess you have to can't won't learn a business school, and Michael immediately was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we won't learn a business school. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very early kind of Dwight. I don't know. That's that's so perfect. It's so perfect. And then Michael in the the talking head immediately afterwards, yeah. like saying it sort of in a different way. You know. Like, oh yes, yes. I and know it, what I'll do is I'll set the building on fire. <laughs> and that was sort of his first, if I remember right. That's the first talking head where they they come in and he's already cracking up. Yeah. Like in the middle of it. There's oh, a he yeah. does that a couple times throughout the episode, uh, the series. And yeah. it's the first one. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, like, oh, wow. I remember when he used to, like, when Oscar met, at least his last episode. Yeah. When Oscar gives him that little doll. and Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Michael Talking Heads. I think that's a lot of people's favorite. <laughs> I think so, too. Just because of how much it, 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 it sort of peeled back. Yep. Even what, what what Steve was having Michael show us yep. in the show. You yep. know? Yep. It's, uh, yep. And, and so, um, <laughs> yeah, he almost ends it with his, little, his last little talking head about, his uh you know ryan is very business or he's both very uh book smart book smart yes he's also street smart, smart. Yeah. and 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 michael is both yeah yeah of course of course he is <laughs> and i love there's so many talking heads like that where michael is about like an inch away from admitting like a flaw yeah and he just backtracks is like but i'm everything yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's that little he, he he has that timing at the end just to add something like that yeah it's, uh, <laughs> they've just done such a great job building him up as just such a like desperate flawed character oh and this really yeah it's kind of he, he, did he know that the mic was on him when he was just 
pouring his heart out to Ryan there in oh, the yeah. car. I, you know, I'd be manager, and, and then, people look at you differently. And I had to close it with the, well, what do you think? Yeah, what do you, I know. Oh, just, just <laughs> wants some kind of uh, acknowledgement Exmo- or acceptance. Acknowledgement, acceptance from somebody who he, like, idolizes in a way. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he just ends up at that after, like, trying to go, kind of tries to go Todd Packer on him in the start. Oh, yeah. And then be... Oh, you want to be in business? Huh. What do you want to do? Huh? Oh, I love that. Well, you want to own your business? Kid? Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Yeah. He tries to sort of do his own bullying, which is kind of the last gasp, I believe, of season one, Mike. Um, yeah. Because it was supposed to be the first. It seems like in the Dundies, he really found something else yeah. that went beyond. Because this, this is the most like he is in season one, I think, in this season. Yeah. Which makes sense because it was the first one they Right, did, exactly. But, um, he kind of really started to find something there in those next few episodes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I um, we've also hit a point where it just we're, we're we're getting away from what it was trying to be in the British office. Yes. So, and the further just from the, the pilot is, is giving us a whole new show. Yeah. And between that and the characters coming out and becoming more who they are, mm-hmm. and. and I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it's a it's a good time for the show. It is a good time, and and it's the perfect time to bring Billy Joel into the mix with the, you know, very originally sounding version of Ryan. You know, we didn't start the fire exactly by Dwight Schrute, and and, and him coming down and saying that he's got that in the song, like that that he, that he was that went while he was that he made up while he was in the flames. Yeah, <laughs> so proud of everything. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's just his coup de gras for the whole episode because mm-hmm. now he's just like, oh, I'm back on top. I didn't start a fire. Everything's cool now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need business school. And that talking head with Ryan shortly after that, where it's just Ryan just staring at the camera, like you know, sighing. Yeah, knowing of what's happened. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, and the other little uh, moment that BJ Novak is one of his best. I think maybe his best moment in this whole episode is when he. They're all standing around, and he gets a phone call on his cell phone. He's like, oh, yeah. oh I'm free. I can yeah. talk. I Don't can worry. Talk, yeah. I can talk. And he just walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and having little uh, remembrances right now. And when I, I do remember when, when they come out, when they all come down from the fire. Yeah. And Michael's standing there, and then they're all walking out. And the first one, he just goes directly toward Ryan. He's like almost like touching his face and like making sure that he's okay. Oh, wow. Did you ever notice no, that? that's oh, that's great. Yeah. He's just like, oh, oh okay. And <laughs> Ryan's just perfect. Like, get off me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, man. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the love was there. Yeah, he really. They really I, had him like sucking up to him at that. Point. oh well you know that's crazy he almost gives him all his money later on so yeah <laughs> they play this one out for a while folks oh, i remember like season five when they bring him back it's like it's like call the tape agency and i said give me ryan howard i need him <laughs> I, I want, want him, him. <laughs> <laughs> they just had such a bold way of bringing him back into the show they really did and and then you know they just had to find stuff for him because he was on the the opening credits yeah and i exactly. think i think some people eventually got kind of we're wondering why he was on there after a while when his character got, you know, reduced to whatever it got to be. Yeah. And it just was like, wait a minute. And I don't know if he was directing still at that point or not. Uh, he may. I think he did throughout the whole series. Maybe so. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but, know if he just really had a good position there. Like, where they, that's why he got to keep it or what, but. I'm not sure. He's just one of the originals. Yeah. So, so it just seemed like a weird change. Because, I mean, I, you know, there's really, like, I don't think anyone would care, like, that he needed to have his name removed or anything. It's I just, don't know. People's egos get in the way of things, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it should, I don't know. I mean, like they added Ed Helms oh, like yeah. eventually. Yeah, you know when he was kind of becoming more prominent. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this that, is the show that matters. What is it that? What is it that? It, that idiot and that other idiot. Is that how Bob <laughs> Vance describes him? Yeah, he means Dwight. He, he means Michael, Dwight, Michael, Michael Dwight, and Andy. Andy. Oh, we know. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, those two, man! But uh, yeah, and everything stuff. wraps up. Katie yeah, wraps shows up. up. Oh yeah, fires over. Everybody goes a- inside. Looking so good, Amy Adams. Yeah, as I uh, see her back. Yeah, uh, it's too bad. You know, only once more for her, I think. Um, see is the booze cruise after this? Yes, booze cruise, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because pretty soon Jim's party's gonna come up. Yeah, and he's n- and he's not gonna be. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't really heard from her that much. Yeah, so she's got her grand finale. With oh, the wow. booze cruise. Well, I guess they break up at that point, too. Yeah, because he breaks up from her. He yeah. says, we should break up. We should break up. Yeah, after Roy tries to finally set a date with yeah. Pam. Yeah. yeah, and Jim just kind of just kind of washes over him that night. 
So that's a great episode. I can't wait till we get to that one. Yeah, we're gonna have to start having some real strong development characters. Yeah, because that's the thing is, we're in a place right now where where we're just we're still learning who these guys are. Yeah, we're still on the precipice of greatness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're establishing Jim and Pam, the 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 nature of their back and forth. They're always throwing something into every episode to Mm -hmm. further along the um, the inevitable what happens at Casino Night, which was crumbs for the people watching the first time through. You know, like we have the the beauty of knowing the whole story. That's right. But imagine being in uh, October 20, 2005 and, and, he, and seeing this mo- this episode and being like, oh, God, I just want anything to show me they're going to make it. Or yeah, I know. They're going to find each other, you know, but nope, just nothing. You're just going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Y'all are just going to have to wait. Sorry. And they're just, they're building a love for these characters, for the audience. But it pays off so good. Exactly, exactly. And that, <laughs> They and that's do why. make it worth it. They do make it worth it in the end. Yeah, like I'll never forget at work. I, I worked nights at one point and the people that were watching the show would try and catch it every week that it was live and they, they would take their lunch breaks and go watch wow and i was just like the, i i didn't care at the time you know because i just it wasn't what i was into no it was in syndication and i wouldn't watch it then because i wanted to watch it from the start i just never did yeah because <laughs> i didn't have that initiative but they loved it and they were they were so concerned about what was going to happen to these characters they were it was cool stuff I, th- I think i used to overhear my co-workers at the statesman uh talking about it yeah and they would get very animated talking about so it did. I'm it captured sure hearts. It yeah, it did. And then going back and watching it, it totally makes sense why. Oh, of why? course, did the same thing to me, you know. But mm-hmm. I just got the beauty of getting to watch it yep. over like a week, <laughs> you know, if it, if even. Yeah, so, if even. God bless streaming. God bless it. Oh, actually, DVDs. I started on it on DVDs. Oh, and DVDs. By the way, I'm glad you said DVDs because yeah. DVDs play a uh, important role in this. Um, episode because yeah, yeah. when Jim is discussing uh, five movies actually five DVDs yeah. you would have on a desert island when that was you know that's what people would have exactly it's before Blu-ray before, before Blu-ray, digital streaming before digital streaming that's uh, you know you're very you know of the time and you know we were all burning DVDs at one point yeah we'll admit but um but yeah, the so speaking of something's kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, and that's another thing too, of course, and, and the phones too. Michael and uh, uh, yeah. Ryan both have uh, old yeah, flip phones. Yeah, old flip phones. So they're uh, yeah, <laughs> with, with the funny ringtones, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, <laughs> very of its time. This show, but uh, as it should have been. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but you know, solid solid episode. Further yeah. along, um, further along the story. Really like it. Really like um, yeah. where we're getting with all the characters. Really like the. Uh, yeah. The development, it, it's it, it's a solidly written one. I it's, mean, we, yeah. we, I keep referencing that, that gun analogy, and it's, it is it, it is because it's just a good, mm-hmm. deep episode. There's lots of character arcs. Everything resolves yeah. fairly well. Yeah, good through stories. I yeah. like the way they cut. Kind of, yeah, they resolve very nicely. I think the the Jim and Pam uh, back and forth was, uh, was very solid, I think, for this, for an episode. Yeah. And, you know, just the, the overall development of... Um, I don't know. I know Ryan wrote the episode, or, you know, BJ wrote the episode for yeah. himself, but they kind of made a, a really good episode centered around him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and they really just helped establish him as, as the viewpoint character. Right. And, and used it as the tool for us to get to know Michael much better. Exactly. We really get kind of the true backstory of him. Yeah. You know, after all that grandstanding bullshit in season one, which yeah. we all knew wasn't true. Oh, so you're course. just hearing what you already pretty much know, yeah. you know, but he but we do find out he didn't go to college. Yeah. And he worked at a mentioned. fast food restaurant briefly. Briefly. It was a pyramid scheme at pyramid some point. Scheme. Him and pyramid schemes, man. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a good way to get him. Yeah, it's it's going to come back around to get him again almost. Yeah. Jim doesn't help him out. And I believe that is in this season as well. Oh, uh, where they identify the pyramid scheme he's yes. calling for? Yeah, that's using the chart. One. That's a great one. It's <laughs> a great little open. It is. Him and pyramid schemes. So, you know, he's just uh, he, he scraped himself up from nothing and survived against all odds and yeah. it's become – Manager of a marginal paper supply company. Trying to be a leader. Trying, trying to be a leader to, be, to the young temp. Leader, to the young hungry, temp. eager to learn. Eager to learn. <laughs> you know, every, every just giving him the, what little power he has. You know, he had to milk it for all it's worth. And being on camera, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Kind of makes you wonder how more obnoxious he might have been if the camera wasn't there. Right. Oh yeah. Kind of, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, like is Michael hamming it up for the camera, or is he dialing it back for the camera? Well, he tries to. He, that's kind of the funny thing about it is, you know, him saying something and then trying to take it, or you know, mm-hmm. saying something to sort of cancel it out to make him. That's the thing. I think he's got to dial it back for the camera. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. So maybe like just imagine the camera not there after me the first thing, and then he'd just say something way worse. Maybe that's why they filmed there. Maybe one of the employees was like, "My boss is insane. I need you to bring a camera and just shoot here all the time." Maybe that. 
Yeah, who made that call? Like Oscar had a friend in film or was something. It, was it Bob Vance? Maybe maybe it was um maybe it was a yeah. uh, 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 truck. Ed truck. Ed truck. Ed truck did it. Yeah. He knew that that next manager that's uh, his estate now makes money off it. His kids are living like kings. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what an idea. The man's great. an innovator. And uh, you know who I bet did it? The Scranton Strangler. Oh, well, it always comes that's, back to That's him. how he paid his lawyer fees, <laughs> the money he made on the documentary. I think we cracked the case. It is, man. Uh, you want to do a little trivia? Yeah. Uh, We're going to do questions. something a little different this week since we don't have a guest to pit against me. We'll just try to stump each other. Yeah. So okay. We'll, uh, we'll each give it a shot. Give it uh, two or three, yeah. and we'll just see how we do. Yeah. All right. You want to go first? Questions? Sure. I'll, I'll, yep. All right. Let's go. Um, so no buzzers. None needed. No. So... Uh, quick question: uh, Which Pam, uh, Pam for her Desert Island movies or DVDs, which Pam movie is in her top three and in Jim's top five as well? Days and confused. You got it. Ding ding. What do you think? What is the first rule of business? Oh my God! I can't cheat. Um, you got to play to win. And you got to win to play. Very good. Yes. Very good. Oh, he's so he's just so adamant about it. <laughs> and images everywhere. Okay, uh, another question. Yep. Um, ooh, is it cheaper to keep a new customer? It is ten times cheaper to you, keep a new customer. You got it. Or to keep an existing customer. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. That that that's actually a mo- an oxymoron. Uh, my question was customer. wrong. Yeah, to yeah. keep a customer. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> All right. Um, <sighs> Who's this trivia guy? I did write it down. What groups of three do Dwight and Michael think that oh. him, them, and Ryan should be called? There's two. The three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Three Musketeers. Very good. Yes. I thought. Didn't you? Did you think they were going to say Three Amigos? Yep, yeah. I was waiting for that, especially was, with Steve Carell. Yeah, you have the overtones of Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short all throughout this. Well, definitely oh, the yeah. other two, maybe not Martin Short. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got a question, or is that it? Uh, it's your turn. Oh, my turn. Okay, yeah, it's the third so, one so, for each of us. So here's my final one. What is rule number five? It's the last one. Safety first. You got it. Give you a little hint there, but. Whatever. What is Dwight's lone Desert Island movie? Crow. Nice. <laughs> oh, one of those. That's another one of the endearing moments of the show that Yeah. You know, you, you always want to, every time you come back to it, it's just so perfect. When he uh he he's, he doesn't want to play yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he's like kicking the he's just kicking the wall. Like uh-huh. it's so great to see. That's how he works through his anger and issues. He just yep. you know, it's it's sort of a precursor to him being in the back of the the car rocking out to Motley Crue. Yeah. Uh, and and the everybody hurts. In and this the everybody episode. hurts. I I I I do love how they uh, the music associations with Dwight in this show are pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. you know, with well, lady and, then, and uh, you and, know, and the crow is another one. You're like, oh yeah, that's a great oh, movie. It yeah, is a great course, movie. That's one Dwight loves. Of course know? it is. Oh God, yeah, he has some. Oh, he has, he does have some moments. I was just thinking of he has a little turn in. Um, Desert Island. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't bring books. He'd just bring axes. Uh-huh. Yeah, or the physician's desk reference, hollowed out, hollowed out. 15 things in it. <laughs> Iodine tablets. I wanted to make that a trivia question, but there was no way I was going to catch all that. No. No. All but, right. Yeah, n- yeah, never play. So never play that uh, game with someone as literal as that dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's the lesson we could all learn. So uh, final thoughts. What do you think of the episode? You know, it's a it's it's a good episode. I say it's kind of middle of the rung for this this season. It's not like the most laugh out loud. It's not my favorite Michael episode, I would yeah. say, especially coming off of sort of the brilliance of uh, Office Olympics, uh-huh. yeah. you know, and just their back and forth with Dwight's just not the same. But, you know, but the Jim and Pam, Jim and Pam kind of step it up, I say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that aspect of the story. I like the getting to know the characters all the pop, all the, yep. uh, the uh, you know, pop culture references we're pop culture whores if you didn't know here so we are so we appreciate that shit so you know good episode not great but uh i approve yeah i definitely approve yeah i'll uh, echo everything you say um good use of some of the secondary characters like uh uh, david denman as roy uh amy adams as katie um uh neat twists uh like we've talked about all episode tonight i i all those 
things they did that just resolved themselves, all the character development. It was just a lot of really strong writing. Really? Uh, it was definitely a more cringeworthy as opposed to laugh out loud episode. Yes. Lots of good character yeah. development. But it had that little, sorry to interrupt, but it had that little, had a little bit of season one uh, overtone on it. Yeah. If you can kind of notice. Still had, it's kind of the, not the last of the cringing, obviously, but maybe one uh, of those types of episodes. It's starting to dip into a little more of the absurdity that, that came into it as it hit into Susan's two and three and yeah. beyond. As it got, it's kind of more more of its own identity. Exactly. Yeah. But there's still a lot of very like early early tricks yeah. and, and, and techniques being used here. Yeah, definitely. But great, great performances, yeah. and I highly recommend it, of course. Yeah. So Yeah, just, just watch all of season two. You'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Uh, that's about it for this episode of the People Persons Paper Podcast. Brian, it's, thank you. It's been fun, man. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, good times. Let's and keep it going. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's more this season. Yeah, well, and I, the nice thing is, is uh, now that we've got this uh, new space worked out, yeah. we know exactly what we can offer our guests, and so we can start bringing some more of the uh, the the great uh, uh, comedians, performers, writers uh, here in the Tulsa area to come hang out with us. Good God, I hope so. Yes, because just like us, uh, there's a lot of them that sure do love the show. Well, and we love them, right? All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, on behalf of Brian Sittler, my name is Hilton. Uh, Hilton Price, that is. That is. That is. You and got it. Ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> Next week, Devin. Channel four and a half. Four, should we now hold it? Yeah, hold it a little cigarette. Yeah, hold it.